Hello, everyone. Welcome to Game Chat, the video game book club on the internet. I'm Madeline. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we are talking about the game Imposter Factory. Uh, this was released on September 30th, of 2021. It was developed and published by Freebird Games. Uh, Imposter Factory is a bonkers time loop tragic comedy murder mystery thriller how many adjectives can we put in there featuring multiple casualties and a suspicious cat from the creator of to the moon and finding paradise so if you're fans of those games or a bird story also in that series uh this one is also in that series so yay we're getting to add that to our uh game chat completion list put that on your bingo card uh, podcast listeners, we always have a question each week so that you get to know us a little bit better. Um, it always has something to do with the game. Uh, in this game, there are three cooks in a kitchen, uh, red chef, yellow chef, and the third chef, who is in fact wearing blue. Uh, so I want each of our podcasters to tell me who is the best cook and why. Starting at Ooh. the top. Why? Oh boy, you threw that wrench in there right at the end. <laughs> uh, this is Franco. Uh, I, we were chatting before, and I think I'll go. I'll stick with it. The the chef who one chef uh, was always having a breakdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the chef that wasn't having the I think it was the blue chef. I'm not sure that was like still weathering the uh, stress and uh, not having a constant breakdown. And uh, but uh, also, I wanted to say at the at the risk of, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, if you have played To the Moon and Finding Paradise, uh, at the risk of offending my co-, co-, co podcasters, turn this podcast off right now and go play this game because yeah. it's it's spoiler heavy, but you'll love it. And uh, a pre review endorsement that you know. I don't want, we, I just, you know, go play it right, you know, right now. <laughs> Better to not spoil, for sure. Yes, it's, this is going to be game spoilers, and uh, it's safe to say series spoilers, so. Certainly. Yeah, so. Certainly. All right, next. That'd be me or you? Oh, it is me. <laughs> Madeline can read uh, numerical order. Hi, this is Madeline. Um, yep, yeah, uh, my fan, I'm a fan of, I think it was the third chef, whichever one who was always watering the plant, which I think according to dialogue was like a garlic plant, mm-hmm. although in that looked like a, I don't know, some kind of like bamboo plant instead, which bamboo garlic might be interesting, uh, good in stir fry and stuff like that. But yep, yeah, cause that's like, it's one of those things where you're like, everything around me is so terrible, but I can like I can do this one thing right, even though I shouldn't be doing this repeatedly. So he's like drowning the little plant there, bless his heart, in all of the water. But uh, yeah, go go third chef. <laughs> Bamboo shoots are delicious. Anything they else? are very good. Shoots will probably be even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Chris, by the way. Um, I would have to concur that third chef, I think, would be best because he at least uh, knows and or appreciates seasoning. So, um, at first, I thought he was watering a cactus. Um, and then when I walked over, I realized that it was just a a really odd-shaped uh, garlic plant. So, 
after talking to him. So, yeah. For sure. Uh, congrats, Third Chef. Uh, we want you to come and cook for us in our next uh, game chat banquet. So we'll we'll be in contact. Our people will call your people. Uh, yes, as, as our co-host said, uh, Frank, this chat is going to be full of spoilers, not just for the game, but also for the series. So it'd be upon your head if you decide to continue from here on out. All right. Uh, what all did people play this on? How did you play it? Did you have issues with UI? Stuff like that. I played it on the PC. Uh, no issues at all. Uh, ran pretty smoothly. Same. Yeah, I was just having issues getting used to the arrow keys again. Yeah, I was using <laughs> the mouse. I was switching back and forth. My wrist would get tired and sore. It's like, okay, back to the keyboard. Using, yeah. You know. I mean, one... I guess... Just a heads up, or not even a warning, but it it is. This is very heavily uh, walking sim. There's not much, uh, inter you know, interaction to do kind of things. You're basically following a story, and as we go along, we'll talk about the story. Yeah, mm -hmm. and interaction is very minimal. Yep, yep, um, yep. I also played and switched between. Uh, keyboard and mouse on PC. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So you start the game out as Quincy. Quincy is going to a party given by fancy people, and all the guests are dressed fancier than he is, too. Sorry, Quincy. But it doesn't seem to bother him, really. He meets a very nice uh, rice maker and... Uh, Washes his hands in the bathroom. And then time loops. Uh, and so he goes through again, and then people start dying. And then time keeps looping. Um, that's kind of the summary of Act 1. Um, how did you guys feel about that as an opener for this game? Was it? I mean, you know, it's an interesting setup. Uh, as I was, uh, I so, sort of started to get like, okay, started writing names down. Maybe this will be important. You know, the time on the clock, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, sort of like got into like, uh, you know, this is going to be, you know, a murder mystery to solve. So, uh, -huh. uh so it was interesting. Uh, I mean, enjoyed the chefs running around in the chef in the kitchen. There's three basic rooms. Well, actually one, two, three, three and a half basic rooms. You have um, the, I guess the lounge. I guess I forget what they called it with the billiard table, and then party the room. The party room. That's what it was called. Yeah, and then the upstairs um, sort of sitting area, reading library area, and yeah. then mm -hmm. the kitchen. And the half room was where you find a cat. <laughs> the cat room. Yeah. Cat room. I wanted there to be more to do in the cat room. There's so many cool things to click on and. Yeah. None of them did anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, some great descriptions. I mean, there was literally... Now, wait a second. Was the red herring in Act 1? Or wasn't that until Act 2? 
there was literally next to the couch a a a, a, a plush toy of a red heron. <laughs> oh and yes, the, and the cat I refers to it. it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't do it. There's there's literally a red herring here. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, as you're walking around in Act One, Linry is the only one who seems lightly out of place. Everybody else seems to reset every time you wa you wash your hands in the bathroom, and then finally, I think towards the end of Act One, Linry sort of uh, kind of comes clean and says, uh, "You know, you have to." I think I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that you know, this is. Let me just, I'm scrolling through to see. Yeah, when you start getting tasked with, uh... oh, there you go. Yeah, towards the end of Act 1, you learn that you're in, actually inside a simulation. And, uh, yes. You have to help Linry uh, figure out what's happening with all these iterations. But it's kind of funny. In the beginning, like first fifteen twenty minutes, maybe in Act One, you you started to think like, "Who? Well, who the hell's doing it?" And then there's a scenario where the cat did it, <laughs> and the cat like gets really, really tall and has the knife, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> this is why I play these games." <laughs> but no, no. So yeah, so that you know. As it goes, it's it's a. At the end of Act One, you're still thinking you're going to be solving a puzzle. Uh, yes, and so. I was still in puzzle brain for most of it, and then started Act Two, and I was like, "Oh, nope." We're just gonna get somebody's life story. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of if you're if you're familiar with um, the predecessors, mm -hmm. it all, it all sort of kind of like snaps into, oh, these are the people. This is where the beginnings of the memory research started. Yeah. And Linry is actually working on this on a simulation. And it, you know, tries to tell you well to better explain what's going on here, and escorts him into a room that you couldn't get into before, and you're basically walking through uh, what would be, appear to be her memories. So yeah. for Act, yep, we, Act Two, we, we experience um, Linry's life. Mm-hmm. Uh. How did you feel when uh, Quincy finally shows up <laughs> in uh, Linry's memories? Did you feel like that that changed your thoughts on Linry at all? Further develop the story? Did you guess at that point that they were going to be, you know, have the type of relationship they do at the end of the game? Yes and no. I mean, it sort of kicked the story kind of into gear and sort of said, oh, okay, this is going to be more about, you know, if you've, you know, as I said, you've played the typical games, okay, well, now we're going to be, it would appear helping Lynn re recover her memories, you know, and um, 
And then finding, yeah, that Quincy is a big part of that. He kind of saw that, you know, maybe, nah, I didn't see it coming. I'll be honest, I didn't see it coming. You know, it's still, you know, Act 1 is still going with the murder mystery kind of thing. So Yes. I was waiting for, like, I was still taking it literally. Like, I was waiting for me to be, a like, an actual person at a place where people got murdered. And then to actually, like, help her solve a murder. Uh, and then it's, nope, uh, I'm just running a sim, and you asked a lot of questions, so I'll tell you why you're here. And then, yeah, the sim keeps failing. And we'll talk about that later. And so that's why people are dying. Right. Um, okay. I was ready for murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of so so was I, but yeah, that was the red herring. <laughs> the exactly, was the was the all along. So yes. I guess we it starts the the story of Lindry, who is we start with a, a young child who is uh, you find out has a uh, an unnamed but of uh, serious. Uh, I forget what what's the, what's the better phrase for it. You think? Uh, Condition? I'd Condition, yeah, kind of yeah. Brain tumor or something. Yeah, some sort of thing that, you know, they don't know exactly, you know. Did they mention, like, was it Huntington's or? There was a, but it was sort of like he was comparing it to Huntington's, I think. Yeah. At one point. Yeah, when they you're going through your, yeah. They compare it, but say it's not something like, like when, when Lenry finds out she's pregnant, they say, you know. You do have a condition. It is possible that you could pass it hereditarily. It's not something that's as, they don't say as bad as Huntington's because everything is bad. <laughs> but yeah. um, they're like, if it was Huntington's, then maybe we would be recommending more thinking about not keeping the pregnancy. But, you know, this is something that's really up to you right now. So, yeah. Yeah, so the really first... I was going to say the really first beautiful sentiment that gets passed on to to us the players is with uh, her, as a young child she's uh, I think aware of what kind of aware of what's going on and um, her father takes her out to a field to stargaze and they reflect upon the nature of the lavender which is a field of lavender and and the stars that shine upon the lavender and they ask what she wants to be and she wants to be this because the stars, even though they're they're, uh, uh, you can see them. They're actually you're seeing them in a state they were billions of years ago, and they're probably not not there anymore. So, but it's it's what's left behind, I guess, is what they're they're emphasizing is what's important. So at that point, it's like, oh boy, here we go. Set me up. <laughs> Yeah, and and I want to be a star so that everyone can see the lavender. Yeah, I was like, okay. Here we go. Like even then, that feels like like I'm giving somebody an answer that I think they want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I yeah. Like I and she talks about they talk about this again later as she's an adult and she said my answer would be different and that one makes sense but even still like 
I feel like the obvious answer is that you would want to be a star because it's a star. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's... Yeah, I think it's talking a little bit of outside the scenario where, you know, it's sort of like, you know, giving you the old, you know, leave something behind kind of thing. You know, it's important, important to leave something behind because, you know, nobody's here forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So. So progresses, I guess, through. And I mean, it's really, you know. I mean, you're just basically experiencing. uh, Lenry's life and how she goes to college and meets up with uh, Quincy. That's where they meet. And how they sort of. A very slow <laughs> developing romance. Mm-hmm. Um, they were cute. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, Quincy's like, oh, go ahead. What's that? I was looking. Oh, uh, I just like. He was like, how cute it was when he made all of the little, like, the little wonders of the world out of. Like stuff from a janitor's closet and that he stole from the cafeteria. Uh, yeah. Like, very cheesy, but at the same time, like, okay, points for effort. You, you, you made an overture. This was very sweet and thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, basically, when he comes, when he shows up at the college, he's sort of, she's been 100% studious, concentrated on being a, uh, a microbiologist because she wants to uh uh sort of help going on the stars and what's remembered from somebody she wants to work on memory so that's your first mm-hmm. sort of like hint into uh this is where it's going this is like one of the people who worked on you know the early tech for uh for the the, the later on games yeah. uh so yeah, so she's a hundred percent bookworm and doesn't go anywhere, doesn't accept study, and he's he just took a year off from st- not a year off, like a couple months or weeks or I forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and traveled the world. So basically, he's you know living, you know, a tra- world seeker's life, and you know he's, I guess, uh, sort of like doesn't realize what he's set you know doing when she he's talking about all the places he's been. It's like you know. But then that's when it goes to the scene where he, they go out to, to just have a, a walk, I guess, supposedly. And then uh, he's built all these little mini versions of world wonders for her to go uh, to take her to see in the little, t- you know, in the little space they have at the, at the university. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's yeah. when they, yeah. Go ahead. Well, that's when they, you know, and as we're going, it's it's building this, the familiar mechanic of from the previous games where you start to collect memories and you you see, get these little bubbles that, you know, help you move on to the next memory. Uh, yep. Uh, so they, they decide that they're going to be in a relationship. They graduate. Flannery uh, gets a job working for 
not Sigmund Corp, but a different company, and um, is still working on memory stuff, memory preservation, interfacing with um, electronics for storage and, you know, read access and write access, stuff like that for human memories. Uh, but things like it's starting to really, she's really giving a lot more of herself to her job uh, than to her relationship. Uh, stuff is getting really stressful. Uh, she's late to a presentation and then her colleague ends up running the demo in her place and dies. Yeah, a tragic mishap in the lab that she was supposed to be the one that the test was supposed to be performed on, but since she was having an argument with her with Quincy before she went to work that day about, you know, all the time she's been spending at the lab. Uh she was late and I forget what the guy's name was, uh does the test for her and uh dies. And this like sort of like as a total mm-hmm. catastrophic break for, for Lindering, she's like, you know, basically Leaves the uh, leaves the, the the foundation, and like you know, concentrates on you know. At that point, you know, it's like, oh, geez, I you know, I don't know if it was. What do you think? Was it more that it could have been her that died then, or could it be like, boy, this is like, you know, uh, I've been wait, you know, not wasting all this time, but you know, I need to, you know, oh, it was more because I think. Maybe because the foundation at that time like expressed like it's well we'll just you know we'll just we're just gonna move on and patch us patch us up that she's like I'm out of here yeah and I think that's that's a lot of it so yeah so now the next set of memories is them her and Quincy sort of like rekindling reuniting and going on a world world trip around the world we see the real wonders of the world yeah. Such as they are in in present day, and uh, and of course, was, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and of course, the the, the the best one was, of course, the statue of David. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> when he, Quincy is, they look at his face, and you see their eyes go down, and he like covers up her eyes. <laughs> I was waiting for him to pull out a piece of duct tape. To stick over it, like yeah, you did for the one yeah. that you made. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That the, some of the little the pixelated versions. For, I mean, what he used, <laughs> and it's like he had what was it? It wasn't. I thought when I first saw it, it was the Tower of Pisa, but no, it was London, the London Bridge clock, right? Big Ben. Big Ben. Mm-hmm. And he used the pizza for the clock face. <laughs> <laughs> and they, yes. then he does. Then he does uh, coffee cups for the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Well, you missed your opportunity there with the pizza for, for the Leaning Tower of Pizza." <laughs> oh man! So yeah, so they're coming home from uh, I guess the last excursion, and you know, all along, you know that she has this condition, and you know, sort of, you know, there's a there's a clock ticking in the back of your head during this whole thing, and. uh she collapses at the airport and everybody's assuming at least I was okay here mm-hmm. we go we're heading into you know gonna be sick now mm-hmm. yeah but it turns out that Lynn Ree's pregnant 
Surprise! Yep. And they do, like, they talk about, you know, is this going to be, you know, is it something that we, do we want to be pregnant? Do we want to not be pregnant? We talked about wanting to have a family, wanting to have kids. And it was a little bit, eh, because, like, Quincy talked about, you know, I mostly grew up with my grandma because my parents died when I was younger, but I remember being with them and it was like a really good feeling. And I'm like, probably yes, but also that like completely negates like your grandma being quote unquote real family. That's true. Cause she didn't birth you like. Yeah, you did really. I mean, you still had kind of a family. You had your grandmother who still, you know, raised you, you know? Uh huh. Did like all of the parenting stuff. I don't know. I, it was just one line, but it made me a little bit like, maybe don't be dismissive of non-traditional, non-biological families. There's a lot of those out there, and they do. They're legitimate. Yeah, but it, I think it did a pretty good job of, uh, I guess, respecting the decision they had to make. Mm-hmm. For, and, and we'll talk about that, because there's... this For this one, I will say yes, for this decision. There's another decision... That happens later on. We get, you know, montage of them, you know, going to ultrasound appointments, uh, getting, you know, shopping for baby clothes, setting up a nursery, doing a gender reveal with her parents. Um, and then they're painting the nursery and she passes out. A and after they've already revealed the gender. Yes. <laughs> they're going shopping for clothes when their mom knows it's a boy. And then. Quincy's like, no, we still have to do the thing with confetti. So they do, ta-da, it's a boy. Um, yeah. Uh, Lenry goes back to the hospital, and they're like, okay, well, your condition's advancing now, so either you can deliver, like, we'll do a C-section, and you can deliver the baby very preterm and hope that everything is okay so that we can start your chemo and stuff treatments, or uh, you can wait to have your own treatments, and then uh, your your child can be carried, you know, to full term, provided that nothing else happens. And they kind of go, they don't really spend as much time thinking about this one. Um, I mean, they do, but this, I was yelling at, Quincy, because he, like, sits down on the floor in the ER next to her bed, and I was like, do you know how gross this floor is? <laughs> What's been on that floor? No, you have no idea. Get off that floor. Um, and she's, I, Quincy's like, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it for you so that you don't feel the burden of, of needing to say it. I think that we need to start your treatment early. I need, like, we know now we need to start it now. And we deliver the baby early. Um, and and that way we can try and save both you. Uh, which they made it seem like wouldn't be as prioritizing one over the other, but it, effectively this is prioritizing her life over their, their baby's life. Um, and so they... They deliver the baby. Uh, Lynn restarts her treatment like 
immediately, mm-hmm. basically, as soon as she wakes up after anesthesia. Uh, and then um, they are finally able to bring their child home. He's very sickly. He's on oxygen all the time. Um, he is ends up being wheelchair-bound. Uh, and they're at her parents' house. And she's like, hey, Dad, can we, you know, do you think we can bring him out to the lavender field to go look at, look on the telescope? And we, we come back around to the the conversation again, you know, do, would you rather be a star or a lavender? And she's like, I, I would have so much rather just been a lavender like everyone else. But I felt like, like it was expected of me to be a star or stuff like that and that to me felt like a a much more real answer but also felt like an answer like saying this now as an adult looking back what I actually wanted as a kid versus as a kid I don't know I think about the things that I wanted as a kid and it's very different than looking back as an adult what I feel like I actually wanted yeah I think that's a little bit more of that whereas I don't know I think maybe it's sort of like based on her diagnosis, she sort of like made a decision, you know, I guess, I don't know that, okay, this is what I got to do. And there's, you know, everything Mm -hmm. else in her life, sort of what is negated. It's like, I got to be this research person. I got to, you know, this is what I have to do, you know? And I think it's more maybe thinking, I don't know, maybe it's realization that she's, she's regretting maybe limiting her life like that. Yep. And I I think that, that that was also how I read it, a lot of that in there. Um so yeah, so you know, as the, this was progressing in act 2, you're just waiting for the hammer to fall. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, when they get to the house and they discuss going to the lavender field, the hammer drops. Yeah, uh uh Toby, who they've named the, the boy, uh, it was a boy and they named it Toby for Tobias. Um collapses in the living room and the reveal is that yeah he passed away and then after that Linry, they're both kind of it, it looks like they're both kind of lost grieving um, and then Linry goes back to the uh, foundation and decides to, she's going to stay there in one of their apartments and Never talk to Quincy again. Yeah, it's that was very, a bit, like just kind yeah. of like falls off. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a little contrived, I guess. Like, like hard coded. Like this is you know, like how many times are you gonna look at your phone and not answer it, and then just like yeah, months, then, years. Yeah, she goes from normal red hair to gray hair. Now, yeah, like are you are you twenty years older now? Like, and this is, uh, and then, so Quincy's like, this is a, I think really when Quincy's like, okay, so I know that I'm a simulation, but why are you talking to me? Like she, at one right, point you left asking, me. Why are you, why, 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 why are you, you talking me? to me? Yeah, yeah. Why did you bring me back into the simulation? Right. Basically. Um. Which is a valid question, I guess. And um, 
Yeah. Which, it, like, it, at one point, so this is, I think, at the start of Act 3, maybe, um, you can ask, Lenry is trying to get some stuff ready to run some more simulations, and you can ask her questions. Uh, and I was like, no. Like, if I was a simulation of Madeline, and I knew that, like, theoretically the real Madeline was out there somewhere, but my husband was trying to talk to me, the simulation Madeline, I would be ripping his ass a new one, be like, go out there and talk to the real me. Stop with this pussyfooting around. Like, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I guess she's the one. Well, it's not even really. I mean. I think it's more for the the player, right? So you can get a little bit more information. But like as a character, yeah. I I was glad at least they had the option to say no. Because I was like, yeah, I... No. You know what the right thing to do is, and this is not it. So. so I didn't ask her any questions. Did you ask her any questions? Yes. Uh, God, I forget. I wish I could find somebody to reference what the questions were. The one I regret not asking, I was wondering if any... Well, maybe Chris, were you ask about the murder. I didn't ask you about the murder. I'm asking the more important things about... Uh, like things that happened in the past. And... God, it doesn't have a summary of the answers. So, mm-hmm. even though I just played it this morning, I, you know, because the stuff that happens sort of just like puts that, pushes that all aside. <laughs> so basically, you have to now, she's, Linry's trying to get some more, I guess, test data to complete a simulation the way it's presented to her. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you you actually are part of the simulation, and you know I think Linry is at least at this point it's still presented that Linry is still running the same simulations. Yes. So you basically just have to repeat a process where you keep checking on the uh, the owners of the foundation in each room until they're they're found murdered, <laughs> which is weird, but okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, and you get the, the rice cooker and the cat as companions. <laughs> that was so wonderful. <laughs> yes, I love like that. you're not look. You don't look very something like you don't look very threatening to the cat, and the cat like you know extends again, tries to look a little threatening. Mm-hmm. Power. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yay. Uh, you also find out that um, the rice cooker, uh, like, what's her face? Linry is talking to the, the computer, the simulation. Um, and it's like telling you what to do. And uh, Quincy isn't really having that. And it's like, would you recognize me like this? And it's the rice cooker yeah. is also this. The computer simulation she's been talking to, so right, that yeah, so he's like the main AI, the rice cooker's been. Oh, and, and you know, that the, the reason that there's three chefs, oh, in act two, you learn there's a whole you know, you, uh, research lab underneath the mansion, mm-hmm. 
So they're they're actually the cooks for the research mansion underneath the uh, the uh, research foundation, you know, laboratories underneath with those big, huge, super quantum computing computer and everything underneath uh, the mansion that this foundation has been running. Would probably not very well if they're only one actually doing any cooking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you said kind of like finally, I guess, complete the third one. But the third one sort of get glitches, I guess. I'm trying to remember. So you uh, you find them room them dead in every room, and you come back out. And then she's like, okay, well, you need to go into the party room now. And so you go into the party room when they're running the first demo of their machine. Um, and Rice, Rice Bot's like, okay, you have to leave so everyone can die. And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, if we stay and observe, the machine breaks. And if we leave, then everyone dies. And so we confirm that both of those things happen. When you leave, everyone dies. When you stay, the machine breaks. And they're like, okay, so the last thing to do is I will stay up here and look at this part. Uh, Linry is running the simulation. And then you and Kat are going to go down and look at the mainframe computer so that everything can go off at once. And then that will give us information about, you know, what's basically why this simulation keeps killing people. Um, you go, and uh, the the main computer does in fact break. Um, due to uh shadow tentacles. Yes. <laughs> a third a, a third a player has entered the game. I guess <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we never did. Do we? I mean, I think I was reading some of the ending explanations, and they mentioned a the name, but the name was never gi- given to us, right? In the in, in the in she's the game. from she's from she's from one of the other games and my okay. brain is yeah. done for today. Eva, Eva, maybe. But here's know. where things sort of go off the rails and get all kinds of uh, not yes. off the rails, but all timey wimey, multiple parallel things, simulations going on, and once the simulations reach a certain point. Uh, they can't go any further. If you go any further, it returns back to base level. So it's like you have thousands of iterations going on at the same time, and each iteration, as it reaches a certain point, collapses. It gets goes too far, and it collapses upon itself and begins another simulation. So basically, this is all happening within the quantum computer, I, I'm assuming? I'm assuming, yes. Off yes. the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, I don't really want this to be the end uh, if neither of us are actually, you know, quote unquote, real people and we're just simulations. We, we understand that, but like, we neither of us really want this to be the end. And she's like, well, cool. We're gonna, uh, we actually have something planned for that. Um, we're going to take you over here and you can, you know, have an alternate existence. Uh, but we just want to let you know that the reason that this keeps breaking is because this has become so much like 
base reality, basically like the the path that we're leaving reality for all these other alternate dimensions is now reconverging into very similar to base reality. Basically, the only difference is in the real world, you decided to keep the baby to term. And the baby became what, what, Neil, Neil what, Watts. Yeah, what is that? I'm trying to look. This walkthrough doesn't have it. I'm trying to remember when it happened in Act 3. I think that, it was... That that, that reveal before, gets made. I think it was before... They go on their they, last trip, They right? go on their last hurrah, yeah. Yeah, it's revealed that basically here's the, the big thing that ties everything in together with the previous series. This is actually, she's actually, Linry is actually Neil Watts's uh, mother and Quincy's the father. And it's revealed here from the series uh, that, that Neil has the same condition as his mother. Mm-hmm. Which I think we knew that like, something was. Yeah, something was something up was with Neil. Up with we Neil. never knew. They never really said what. What it was, yeah. Yeah. Which we still technically don't know exactly what it was. Something with his brain. Yeah, it's um, at one, yeah, at one point during that, they sort of rewind things and show what really happened. And mm-hmm. what really happened was the decision, the other decision was made where Linry and Quincy decided to carry the baby to term without before the treatment. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's presented that, yeah, that, and then after they get out of the, after, you know, they have the baby and they're like, it's a boy. And that's like, I really don't want to name him Tobias. Let's, and then it's revealed. Let's name him Neil. Neil. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you're like, okay, this is why we care about these people. Good right. deal. <laughs> I right. mean, it was a, it was a. It was a beautiful story up to this point. Um, this is the part that makes me iffy on this game. Um, because it's almost like saying that there was an objectively right decision. Because narratively, we want this this reality to be it, where the one that we choose, right? Where Neil Watts is, is a person and thing. Because we know Neil from previous games and we have a good relationship and we enjoy his Really antics. Um, so narratively, it's saying this is the this is the correct choice to keep the baby to term at risk for the mom. Uh, I would argue that in reality, there is no right choice in a situation yeah. like this. All of yeah. them are going to be bad, no matter what you do, regardless. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so I, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Um. That this was I, that this was the way that they chose to kind of incorporate Neil into these stories or have these characters incorporated into Neil's story. Um, but otherwise, yay, we, we met uh, Neil's parents and know why something is up with Neil and why he's so driven to kind of keep experimenting and, and stuff past the point of caution where Rosaline's like, we have to stop. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean the two, as, yeah, as you learn in this part that both Linry and Quincy are part of the simulation. They're not real. Mm-hmm. That the, the AI Evo, whatever, whoever they are, 
offers them to go through, you know, before this simulation col- collapses because it's it's reached the end, that they can go through a quote-unquote perfect scenario where um, there is a cure for Linry's condition and they get to both, you know, continue on a happy life. And, it, you know, the game goes and plays that whole scenario out for you, which is really nice. It was really a nice, warm, you know. But in the back of my mind, um, yeah, I'm still thinking, well, this is a simulation. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then again, yeah. then I sort of came around to, well, this whole game is sort of like analogous yeah. with that. <laughs> Stop it with your meta-ness, Frank. We yeah. Can't, we can't take it. Yeah. I, I felt a little bit sad that they're like, you know, Linry doesn't have a, a brain condition. But, like, I guess Quincy's parents still died when he was young. Because he just, like, puffs into existence in college. Just popped uh, out, yeah. <laughs> which I get is, is because, like, we didn't get Quincy's childhood life previous right, so it in was, the story. Uh, not, so they're not going to go back in and say it. But, like, <laughs> yeah. or even, like, I don't know. Like, he and his grandma come back. Like, his grandma drops him off from his, like, global globetrotting thing. And maybe she went with him into whenever he gets dropped off at college. I don't know. Like, yeah. something little to give him something, too. To not just be like, your entire purpose was to be here for Linry. Congrats on not having any, you know, autonomy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. And then, you know, so it, so that's pretty much, well, as, as uh, we find out, that's, and then the simulation ends, and then there was a bit of a reflection, like, Linry's sort of like the simulation Linry is like, you know, saying what I was just saying, it's, you know, it's still just a, you know. She had, sounded like she has regrets about, you know, uh, I don't know if we're better off or, or worse off having, you know, mm-hmm. seen the, the, uh, the perfect simulation play out. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair uh, because like how many good things happened in part because of bad things, yeah, that, that would push you more towards that decision versus something else. So I, I, I think we all want a perfect world, but I, you know, at some point that's going to be really different from what our idea of perfect is now. If we never had anything bad to influence what that idea of perfect was, you know. So I, I, I get that. Um. It is kind of weird right at the end. Uh, Eva shows up and then she's like, yeah, and Neil is here and we're all going to go and be with him. And there's this heavenly light that shines down from the kitchen window. And then they all drink wine. And I was like, are we like, is this like a Kool-Aid moment? Like, are we what is going on here? But then they all kind of like turn into electrical dust. And was it Neil looking down, Uh, you know, it's kind of like you know sort of and then there's the the post credits scene where it's Mm kind of revealed that yeah deal is probably the one running all these simulations yep from his like his chair yeah we're caught like computer probably in in between you know to the moon and uh i forget where they established that he has his own private memory machine at his house i think where Finding yeah. paradise, we see. Yeah, so that's you know, it was, he was. They were all go, uh, all his, all the people from Sim Sigmund were going out for. I, 
free unlimited ice cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, but that yeah, that was the kicker. Like that was the mystery kicker. I don't know. Uh, pretty much, you know, you read afterwards that you know this is probably the you know the closer for the series. Mm -hmm. And but then Neil comes out. And you know, finally joins. Uh, I forget what her name was. Um, Rosaline. Rosaline to go to get mm -hmm. ice cream, but he leaves the door open. And then Rosaline turns and says, "But you left the door." And the door closes on its own. <laughs> it's like, okay, what are you doing? What are you playing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that, then that's the other weird question. Like, let's pretend I am Neil. And I have the ability to run all these simulations. I understand making a simulation where you had some remnant of your mother alive and, you know, wanted to see what, what that would do. But then she decides to run a simulation where you died as a child instead. Like, I don't know. Are you going to sit there and, and watch that one and let that run? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, the AI is sort of insinuated there's like thousands of simulations running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. and, yeah, and if we're just doing data collection, I mean, you're probably not sitting there and watching all of these, like, you know, cinematic stuff like we are experiencing the game, if you're Neil, but I don't know. Does it weird you out that your AI mom decided to run a simulation of you dying as a kid? That would, that would give me a lot to chew on in my 3 a.m. Yeah. thoughts. Yeah, everybody doubts their decisions, but a lot, a lot of people don't choose to get, make a supercomputer so they can play out the what if. So they, so they can know. Yeah. All right. Well, this was your um, must play, Frank. Um, you don't have to give us your final thoughts just yet if you don't want, but tell us kind of like why this was your must play and are you glad that we played it? Um. Why was my must play is because I think we were going through the the choices for the year, and this one was sort of like slipping into the background, and it's like we just cannot skip the cap to yep. two other great great games. So yep. it's like we gotta we gotta you know finish the finish it. So and I'm glad we did. Uh, you know, in retrospect, uh, you know, I'm glad it wasn't a a total. You know, it wasn't a stinker. It was a very good. I don't lead into my yeah, might as well. Okay. Uh, great storytelling, and uh, you know, it's game basically is yes, a not even a walking simulator. You're just pretty much clicking to advance. Mm -hmm. Visual novel, a visual right. novel. Yeah, ba yeah, exactly. And I think um, it does a really good job at you know tugging at the heartstrings and presenting. Uh, in the moments this, when it's presenting the story of Linry and Quinn, it does a great job. It's it's just it draws you in. You you know the f the first time through in Act Two, you you know you think you've hit the big hammer fall, and then you know Act Three comes along, and then they throw the the change up on you, and you know the other hammer falls. You know, and mm -hmm. it's like, but then we get all timey wimey, and we get all kinds of like. You know, simulations upon simulations collapse. You know, it's like it's sort of, you know, you sort of like, um, I don't want to say almost tune out what's going. It's like, you know, what's really going on, you know, and it, it does at the end 
leave me with a couple like, oh man, you sort of like relied upon this simulation thing to not really. I wanted to know. All right, so Neil was, you know, the real, what really happened. You know, Neil living on and, and Quincy events, I mean, not Quincy, Linry eventually passing on, you know, it seemed like before he goes to school. Uh, uh, but yeah. what happened with Quincy? You know, it's like, we never really closed that loop, you know, so to speak, in time loop yep. scenario speak. But we never, you know, I wanted to know what happened with Quincy, you know, did they ever get back together? Did they, you know, uh, sort of thing. Because sh it shows you in Act 3, she's gray hair and she still hasn't gotten back with Quincy. You know? Um, so, at times I thought like uh, I guess you know, the whole murder mystery thing was just a contrivance to get us going. Yeah. You know? I think, yeah. Yeah, it is, it's like, man, we and uh, seemed to draw out a little yeah, it was like, you know, yeah. By the end, of, by the time Act One ended, it was like, yes, it's time to end this. Act. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so maybe a little. I mean, the best way I can say it, yeah, is when it was concentrating on the story and the panels with Quincy and Lynn and Linry was the best. The game was was you know doing what it does best. Yep, telling those stories. Yep, and. I mean the other stuff, the contrivances of the of the simulation and stuff like that. I think maybe you know I think took a little away in my mind, um, but still, still a great story ties everything together and brings you know closes the uh, the deal thing mm -hmm. and you know sort of like brings that a whole in and gives you a lot of answers to Neil for the series. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I give it a nine. Cool. Cool. Uh, Chris, I haven't heard much from you. I didn't get to finish or start act three. Okay. So, uh, what I did play was enjoyable. Um, you know, it, uh, ugh, trying to gather my thoughts and being just tired from the day. <laughs> but um, it's good that they they put this game out there just to kind of tie up. Um, or. I don't know if it is a tie-up, but uh, it's nice to go back and, and see where um, it all began and how it started. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what I did play with the first two acts were... Um, I don't know, it feels kind of wrong saying enjoyable <laughs> with, with what ended up happening um, during there, but... Um, it, it, you know, the subject matter that was in there, but, uh, engaging, entertaining. Yes. Entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, I kind of wish I had, uh, more time to play it so that I could have finished it. 
but by the time I got to Act 2, it was like, I want to say about 10 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock at that point, and it was just, um, I had a few other things I needed to finish that day. So, yeah, I needed to stop at that point. Uh, But I probably will get to finishing it um, at some point. But, yeah, um, I won't score it because I haven't finished it yet. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was uh, it was good for what I did play. Very good. Uh, This is Madeline. I I think I'd probably give this an eight. I think I think the story did stumble a little bit on his messaging. I don't think that was intentional. I think it was just as part of like doing what these games do by telling a, a what is it its core a very like simple and straightforward story but doing it in such kind of a big and convoluted way and not convoluted in like why are you making this more complicated than it is but just I like how these games go about telling stories where you think it's going to be one thing and then it's something that's, you know, that's quite simple and personal and heartfelt. And that's nice uh, to come across. Um, I liked the music. Um, I liked our, our two main characters. Um, Ricebot, all hail Ricebot. Thank you for your emotional support and your delicious rice. Um, there were no dogs in this game. There was supposed to be a little foxy thing out front that then never showed back up. And I don't know if that was one of the questions you could ask about or not. But I was really sad that we never got to meet the little foxy dog out front. But there was a cat who could get really tall and punch things and maybe pretend to stab them with a knife as well. We'll take it. Um, yeah, I, I liked this. I'm glad I played it. Um, it was a good, um, kind of to get some backstory on, on what's going on with Neil. I would hope that maybe we could get at least one more entry, uh, in this series. Um, but if not, I'm, I'm satisfied with the, the story arcs that we've gotten so far. So and what thank other you too, that it's just amazing what people are able to accomplish in RPG maker. Yes. Um, that it's just like a, a simple little tool that's been out for a while that, uh, people are able to create, um, such, uh, vast and emotional stories, uh, through this, um, piece of software, um, is, quite remarkable so yeah yeah oh yeah it, it 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 really leans on you know it's the story and it, it it you know it's you don't have to hit people over the head it's even an rpg maker it's the simple gestures that some the characters do at certain key moments that really can pound home you know a message you know it's um you know them holding hands at some point and stuff like that you know, uh, yeah, it's it's impressive what they've done with with something like that. Yeah, with RPG Maker. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, I got some DLC with my game. 
uh, Imposter Factory Alternate Universe Playbook, which I haven't looked at or played with. But it looks to be just like a, basically like a visual novel template where you can put in different characters from uh, these uh, series of games from Freebird Games and in different locations that they've had and then make them have different expressions and then type in stuff uh, for them to say to each other. So you could make your own little visual novel to make your own little alternate universe stuff nice. about what might be happening with the characters. So I know that's not RPG maker, it's a visual novel maker, but related. All right. Um, thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, Freebird Games, for another great entry into your series. Uh, for next week, we are talking about the game Coffee Talk. This was released January 29th of 2020, developed by uh, Toge, 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 I'm going to guess. Toge Productions, published by them as well. Coffee Talk is a coffee brewing and heart-to-heart -heart talking simulator about listening to fantasy-inspired modern people's problems and helping them by serving up a warm drink or two. This is going to be a two-weeker um, and it is divided up into days, 14 days, so you can finish day seven in the game and that will be our stopping point for next week. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us everywhere you find podcasts under the game chat for all past and current shows. Keep up to date with what's going on with us by following us on Twitter at the underscore game underscore chat. Instagram at the game chat. Search for us on Facebook under game chat. Leave us a review or question or topic for our current game and we might read it on the show. Uh, you can email us at join the chat at the game chat.net or send us pictures of dogs at not enough dogs at the game chat.net. Come back next week and we are talking about coffee talk. So until then, thank you for listening and we will chat at you later. Goodbye.